Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I am the guest and the host today, Trevor Turnbull, and I'm doing a solo episode today because I wanted to talk about something that, quite frankly, has become a part of a vision that I had over the past couple of months, and I've been sitting with it for a while, and I want to speak out loud about it now. And I kind of alluded to it about a month ago when I recorded a podcast episode that was titled, I'm Lying and Here's the Truth. And that was one of the first steps that I took to actually speaking out loud about my own truth, knowing that there's no absolute truth. I've said this numerous times before, but that when I first started this podcast, my intention was to explore truth. What does it mean? What does it mean to me? What does it mean to my guests? How does it change over time? How do our beliefs change? How do the people that we surround ourselves impact those beliefs? How does the information that we decide to consume and let into our lives and open our eyes to change those beliefs as well? And naturally, there's a few things that I want to address on this podcast. One is just that piece right there, which I I think I'll get into right now, which is this whole idea of what we consume. Now, we know that the world is a bit disruptive right now in many, many ways, not only the COVID situation, but also the the war and the impending much larger war that may happen as a result of what's happening in the Ukraine right now, uh, misinformation and distrust of the media and more trust in some cases of other platforms like this, like podcasting. You think of Joe Rogan is the most obvious example of what you hear on the news, right? On the mainstream legacy media, that there's disinformation being shared. And, you know, I personally have listened to a lot of Joe Rogan podcasts, as well as other ones similar to that, that are not saying the same thing that are on the news. And I constantly catch myself thinking, wait a second, that's not at all what I heard when I listened to that. And I've had to really sit with that lately and just wonder where that bias is coming from and where I feel like we're almost being programmed as a society. And, you know, I don't want to go too far down that path, but it's a piece of the whole puzzle that I've been diving into and trying to wrap my head around what does it actually mean? What am I trying to get to? What am I trying to attain What clarity am I looking for? And ultimately, what it's come down to for me is that I'm trying to find peace internally. I'm trying to become one with myself. I'm trying to exemplify source, which is I am, I am the creator of everything in my life. And naturally, there are outside forces that will impact that in various ways, whether it's the people around you, the information you consume, what happens on a day-to-day, all that kind of stuff, but that ultimately I have the ability to shift whether or not I show up with gratitude in the morning or fear, whether or not I show up with curiosity and wanting to explore things that are unknown to me or whether or not I get resistant to that and say, no, this is the absolute truth and I don't want to look in that proverbial door and peek it open because either I'm scared to see what's behind it, or it might totally throw off everything that I believe to be true. And this is my old self. I would, I would go into a state of 
almost panic where where I thought, man, well, what has the first 45 years of my life been if not what I believe to be true up until that point? And I guess you can see here that even as I'm starting this podcast, I'm still seeking answers to these things. And I'm also getting comfortable in the unknown and the uncomfortable of knowing that I will never know all of these answers. But that's actually part of the journey. It's part of being good and feeling the love of self-acceptance. And that's how I'm going to start this podcast. So let me dig into some of the details of what I want to talk about with regards to reclaiming my higher self and kind of the journey that I've been on for the last three months. And then what it's culminated to with this collective that I've now created with Danielle Grant, who is a really good friend. She is somebody that I've collaborated with from a work capacity over the past like three years. And she's now a spiritual guide for me. She's a teacher. She is a she is somebody that is here to help me see things that I'm asking questions about where I don't even know what questions to ask. That's the best way to describe it. But, you know, let me back it up to about three and a half, four months ago. In November of 2021, I stepped away from an executive role within the company that I was a partner in. So I had sold my business to a company that then actually got rolled up into a parent company, which has then since gone on to acquire other businesses and is growing at a very rapid rate and so much cool stuff going on with that. I cannot wait to start sharing more information about that, but that's kind of separate from this discussion. So for me though, what it was, was in October or so, October, 2021, I just started to get this feeling that it was time for me to to do something else, to really step into what was calling me. And the only way that I knew how to describe that to my fellow team members and my partners within the company was to say this out loud is, I feel like I want to float on my own bubble, my own cloud, and just be the creative that I know that I am, the conscious creative, the person that actually seeks out new ways of of seeing things, new ways to communicate things in order to be able to connect with people. And this can manifest in the personal world of like who you attract into your life, but also in the business world too, of like what kind of clients and employees and partners and leaders and, and colleagues you might attract into your space as well. And there's a lot of pieces to that as far as how I would reverse engineer that using my 10,000 plus hours of experience in the digital marketing space and just creating content over the years and leveraging that in a way of authentic selling approaches and even how you just position and market yourself and strategy and all of those pieces. But in November, I stepped into that. So I stepped away from my executive role at the end of October. It was like mid-October, but around end of October. And I started this transition phase. I started this transition phase where I had a handful of clients that I was working with. And these were just legacy from my previous commitments with uh, with that company. And I started to remove some of those clients from my space. And not, you know, in some cases, they decided to stop working with me. In other cases, I decided that, you know, it was no longer working. I wanted to drop it off. In other cases, it was just a mutual agreement of like, hey, why don't we just put this on hold? And then we just never came back to it. But I was doing it all intentionally and knowing that I was going through a transition phase. And, you know, my wife has, has joked around about this, that 
When Trevor's in transition mode, it's usually very disruptive in our life, meaning I question everything that I've done to date. I start to look at what I'm doing and saying, what's the why behind this? What's the purpose? What is my grounded um, you know, driver for everything that I'm doing? What am I trying to actually do here? This isn't just about money. Money's a byproduct of what I do. The more value I bring into the world, the more money transfers. It's an energy game. And I started to sit with the, I'll call it uncomfortableness of not knowing what the next step was going to be for me, what I was going to create, how I was going to formulate, how my days were run, how I was showing up every single day. So for all of November and all of December, I kind of sat in this, what I want to call nothingness. And I did it on purpose because I found myself wanting to default to, oh, geez, I just dropped a couple clients and therefore my income went down. I better go fill it up again or I should go join the next thing to be able to level up this, you know, this part of me, whatever it happened to be, whether it was physical or or mental or educate, you know, intellectual or whatever. And I actually had a few false stumbles along the way where I joined a few things and then very quickly got out of them because I was like, wait, stop repeating the patterns of old Trevor. You are trying to reinvent yourself right now. You were trying to get grounded in your inner peace, your self-love, your, your source. You are source. I am source. So I sat with that and I actually kept doing calls with Danielle uh, twice a week. We called them our high vibe transmissions and it was literally just an opportunity for the two of us to show up. And for Danielle to support me through that that time, through that transition, and to allow me to have a place to be able to just say things out loud and be seen and be heard and to be able to be reflected back on and then to challenge my thoughts on what I believe to be true. And then to go down that that journey, you know, of spiritual awakenings, enlightenments, whatever, self-actualization, whatever you want to call it. There's a lot of words that make it up. And in fact... I'm going to show a diagram here on the screen in a second that kind of culminated from all of this work that I've been doing myself, this inner work. I'm pausing right now because I'm trying to actually formulate in my head how to communicate exactly what this means to me because... For a while, I felt really heavy inside with everything that's been going on in the world, with understanding that there are all of these pieces that make up being a human in today's existence. And when you look at any one of them, they all feel manageable, accomplishable, that I can elevate in any one of these different areas. And, you know, maybe I'll show this on the screen now. These bubbles that you see on the screen here kind of represent a summarized version of some of those things that I personally have leaned into and looked at and thought, like, what is most important to me? What are the things that I know that I want to really focus in on? And, you know, th this came to life as a result of a lot of things, not just me thinking about it, but rather doing experiences like Lifebook. So Mind Valley has a program called Lifebook, which used to be independent from Mind Valley, but they had these 12 spokes of life that to, you know, these are the 12 things that you should focus on if you want to live an exceptional life, your best life. And there was pieces of that where I thought were incredible, which cause it is, it's an incredible program, 
But then there was parts where I was like, man, I'm not really aligned with that. Or like, it feels like it's missing something. So this has been an adaptation of that. And these are the 12 that I've actually articulated on this diagram. And I know there's going to be more. It's going to, it's going to go deeper than this eventually, but you know, self-care, health, fitness as a group, this is one where if I'm being of integrity and telling the truth right now, I've not taken great care of myself in the last Geez, I want to say even since the kids were born. So like five years. Now that's not to say that I take terrible shape. Like I, I don't take care of myself at all because I do. You know, we, my wife and I eat well. We, we buy, we actually order the uh, pre-made meals and we make sure that we get the healthy ones. And it helps us balance our time so that we can make sure that we're not using that as an excuse. We always have time to eat well. My health though, as far as, um, or my self-care rather, as far as what am I doing to um, just drop into my breath and to take time to get out into nature and to stop during the day and and put on the cream that my wife gets me to make sure that my eyes (laughs) don't start getting bags underneath them, that kind of stuff. And then fitness, of course, too. On the fitness side of things, I've naturally been, I want to just say blessed with a physical structure that I haven't had to try really hard to maintain, quite honestly. Now, that being said, I know what it feels like when I'm in really good shape. I know what it feels like when I'm strong. I know what it feels like when my body doesn't ache and my back's not sore. And I haven't been in that place for a while. So those are a handful of bubbles that I've looked at and thought, this is, I'm not my greatest self right now. I need to pay attention to these. And then if you look in the bottom right there, the whole idea of community and social and relationship and parenting. So on community and social side of things, you know, since the lockdowns have happened and I gave up my physical office, which was down in Kelowna, I don't see a lot of people. So my only community and social surroundings are really in the online space. And quite frankly, I've, I've turned most of them off just because of some of the other things I said earlier, which is just the sheer noise. And like, I don't want a thousand friends. I want a handful of really tight, close-knit people that I can spend time with that just lift me up. And I was having a tough time actually wrapping my head around, well, what does that mean? Does that mean just get on random phone calls with everybody? And I used to tell myself like, well, that's not a good use of time. Like there's no structure or uh, purpose to the call. And that shifted and I'll explain why in a bit. Um, On the parenting side of things, one of the things that I think has really uh, landed for me in the last like three, four months is the fact that I have a five-year-old and an almost four-year-old now, which means that one of them is technically starting school in the fall. And I've had to look at the education system. I've had to look at how that ties into some of the mandates that are being uh, implemented here in Canada and then in other places around the world. I had to look into their cur- the curriculums, what is being taught. Are my kids going to learn about emotional intelligence? Are they going to learn about what I'm speaking about here today, which is you are the creator of everything in your life. You are source. Are they going to learn that in the education system that's around here? And I naturally kind of battled with that as well, because I think about, in fact, I just did an interview podcast interview with somebody recently where I was saying, my sister is a principal at a school 
She has her MBA. She has over 20 years of experience in teaching. Would I trust my sister to teach my kids? And the answer is yes. A hell yes. Would I want her to do it in the current confines of how she's restricted in the system that she's in right now? And the answer straight up is no. I wouldn't. So I'm exploring, I'm seeking, I'm looking. What? Well, what are the options? Should I quit everything that I'm doing for work and just become a full-time dad? I've considered it. I may still do it. I may still do it. But it's just another piece. It's another bubble of, of what makes me up and what's important to me right now. And then relationship. When I think about relationship, honestly, I think about the evolution that my wife and I have gone through in the 11 years that we've been together now, almost 12 years. So we just got actually done with a couples retreat. So a couple retreat, it's just the two of us, not other couples there. But every quarter we go away on a couple retreat. And in this case, we just went down the road to a beautiful hotel on the beach uh, here in Kelowna. But it's just an opportunity for us to get away and I'm actually looking at the whiteboard here because we've started to map all these things out. Like, what do we want as individuals? What do we want as a couple? What do we want for our kids? How are we going to manage our finances? What does the future look for us? Let's visualize that. Let's write it down. Let's, let's create it together intentionally. And they've been so powerful these weekends. And my wife and I, quite frankly, have had ups and downs as every relationship does. And we're committed though to creating the best versions of ourselves, knowing that we are the example for our children. So if we start to combine these things of like, well, how do we edu educate our kids? Well, step one, we make sure that we are good, that we have self-love, that we are regulating ourselves because they look at us as the example. They don't necessarily hear what we have to say. They look at us as the example. So we're very consciously creating that. And it's a constant thing. And, and you can see how these things all overlap, right? And when you look at any single one of them and then you start piling them on, it can start to feel overwhelming. And this was kind of the intention of creating this graphic in that way as well, because I wanted to speak out loud what this means for me. If I keep moving around this circle here too, I want to just reference, in fact, I'll go to the top left here now. So finances, business, impact, and influence. On the finances side of things, one of the things that I think I've really grounded in and I know my wife and I have really aligned on is that we are uh, money-making machines. We create wealth. Where that wasn't always the case in the way that we communicated it. Now, we probably and I shouldn't even say probably, we always had that within us. We, we were source. We were the creators of the wealth in our life. And if we chose to think from a limited mindset or a scarcity-based mindset, well, then scarcity showed up in our life. We show up every single day now with an abundant mind, with a mindset that there is more than enough for everybody and that everybody could be wealthy if they choose to. And it's incredible what it's created for the two of us. We've got more aligned on our business. The results we get for our clients are through the roof. We attract the perfect clients into our life. We've lost and dropped certain clients, not because they're bad people, 
but just because the alignment wasn't there anymore. It was literally an energy conversation. It had nothing to do with the cash situation. It had everything to do with alignments. And I held myself back on that for a long time. Now, that's not to say that I was horrible at it. I wasn't in a reactive mindset of like, oh my God, where's the next paycheck coming from? I was like that for a while, for sure, especially around like 2009 to 2012. But that's one of the things that I've consistently worked on personally is to change my story and relationship with money. And now we live in an abundant state, but it didn't just happen. I want to be clear on that too, because a lot of times people look at you and say, well, yeah, it's easy for you to say because you've got your own house and you've got money in the bank and you've got consistent clients coming in. Yeah, but it wasn't always like that. In fact, I have, I've spoken about this numerous times. It was only four years ago that I was $200,000 in debt and had just taken out another $100,000 loan to be able to invest in a mentorship program to just get my head straight. And then fast forward four years later, I sold that business. I now have shares in another company. That company is doing exceptionally well. And I'm living in an abundant state, working with clients that I love to work with. And one of the things that I learned through that experience too, was that I didn't need more experience. I was enough. I am enough right now. And I know many of the people that I work with still battle with that a little bit. And of course they do. It's part of the journey. It's part of the process to think that you're never ready. In fact, even in putting this out into the world, I spent a good two and a half months keeping this hidden, only showing it to a handful of people for the same things, the fear of like, well, what are people going to think? Are people going to judge me? Are people going to think this is crazy? Whatever it happens to be, right? And, you know, I come kind of already speaking about the business side of things, um, but my business is more in alignment with who I get to be every single day. I'm working a third of the amount of time as I was three months ago and making the same amount of money as I was back then, which is more than comfortable for me and my wife, especially when you combine our two incomes. Like we're good, we're good. But the big thing on that was that I'm now working a third of the amount of time. It's freeing up the story that I had in my head of I needed to work more in order to have more. It's just simply not true. Did I have to go through some uncomfortable conversations with myself to say, well, you know, you can't charge that rate because then you're going to have to do this, this, and this. Of course it was uncomfortable. But that was the thing that I leaned into is I looked at everything as an opportunity for growth and I kept challenging myself. Why do I believe that to be true? What story am I telling myself around this rate and that person and can they afford it? And is there enough value and all of these things? And I started to detach from that. It's such a liberating space to be in. And naturally, we're still living in this world and there's bills to pay and there's timelines and deadlines to hit and all that stuff. You still got to pay attention to those things. But the energy that I'm showing up with is completely different. And then on the impact and the influence side of things, I think the thing that comes to mind the most for me on that is since I've decided to start speaking my truth, which was also an uncomfortable thing to step into because that episode that I recorded and published at the end of January had me speaking very passionately. And I was actually holding on to a story that when I speak passionately, that I come across as angry, 
that 14-year-old Trevor that used to fight in hockey for the better part of a half a decade was coming out in my passionate rants and that people would resist it. They wouldn't like it. They, in fact, might hate me for it. They may feel hurt about it. And I had to do work on that. Again, it was another piece, part of the journey for me. I actually joined, um, you know, I feel very grateful for the fact that I manifested, attracted somebody like my neighbor, Mike Prince, into my life. And we talked about this on the podcast episode that I did that, you know, we created each other in each other's lives because he brought that challenge to me and the challenge started to unlock a piece. It was another piece of the puzzle for me. And it allowed me to meet him and and some other incredible people. And since I've spoken out about my truth, one, it's been very freeing to just know that like I'm speaking my authentic truth. Is it the absolute truth? Of course not. Is it going to be liked by everybody? Of course not. But it's my truth. And then it's also allowed me to look inward and reflect and be empathetic towards other people's positions, knowing that like even looking at the political spectrum right now. There are differing opinions on all sides of the table. Even if you look at the wars that are going on right now, you're going to hear completely different stories from their experience, their background, their uh, lens, their biases, their beliefs. And they're absolutely right. How could you question that somebody's wrong if they believe something to be true? And it allowed me to step into a space that had more empathy and understanding and compassion and communicate my message in a way that wasn't me trying to push or force something onto somebody else, but rather to say, have you considered this perspective? And then now let me go be the example. Let me go be and reflect the energy and the vibration that I want to support others with, that I want to create impact around, that I want to influence others with. I am, it's no different than with parenting. I am personally the greatest teacher for my children. How I show up every single day, how I react to situations, how I respond to when they're freaking out in the evening and they don't want to brush their teeth and go to bed, how I react to them is exactly how they're going to learn, especially in those years from seven months to seven years. There's a lot of Dr. Joe Dispenza, Dr. Bruce Lipton. I've got his book over here. They speak about this. Gabor Mate talks about it. There's a lot of people that talk about this. We shape who our kids are in those first seven years and what they believe. I'm very conscious of this. But I'm finding that since I've spoken out loud that I have people reaching out to me that have been following me or or on my email list or connected in my network for years and years and years. And they've never said anything to me before. But now that I've started speaking in this different way and talking about different things and elevating and then sharing my experience of where I am and what I'm challenging in my own belief systems and what I've ascended to, people are reaching out to me. I have spiritual leaders reaching out to me. I have people that are very well respected in the stress management space that are reaching out to me. I have people that have been former clients that are saying that they're connecting with this message that I'm sharing now more than anything that I've ever shared with them over the last 10 years. And here I was afraid to actually speak my truth and to actually stand in my power. It's crazy to think, right? Look at what unlocks when you actually 
step into that, when you realize the impact that you can create by being the greatest version of yourself, by constantly challenging yourself to elevate. And then surrounding yourself with other people that are also doing it, knowing that this accelerates things. And I was actually speaking with Danielle about this right before I started to record here. It's not even so much about the acceleration of your ascension. It's more about the removal of the obstacles or the roadblocks or the resistance that we have to how easy it is to make money, how easy it is to get in the best shape of your life, how easy it is to be able to overcome childhood trauma and create a relationship that becomes the example for how your kids will actually be in relationships in the future and whether or not they will love themselves or not. So I'm kind of speaking in circles about all this, but hopefully it's making sense, this idea that like all of these independent bubbles, whew, where do you start? But then when you realize they're all connected and then I'll get to the piece here that's talking about the golden threads as well. But the last piece down here in the bottom and I left this one for last because character, I forget the exact uh, wording of this, but essentially character is not what people say about you, but what you actually are. I don't know if that's the exact way to say it, but essentially it's, you know, your character, you know, when you're in integrity, you know, whether or not you are paying attention to and giving energy to all of these different things in your life that you need to in order to actually live a fulfilled life, to live in a state of peace and love and beauty. You know, your character knows. I have a sticker on my uh, computer here that I printed off January 2021, so just over a year ago, that says, be accountable to your greatest self. Yes, it's incredible to surround yourself with a collective and a group of people that will hold you high. Yes, it's incredible to have mechanisms to be able to create intentions and change behaviors and build habits and, you know, shift states of being and who you are. But ultimately, you are responsible for yourself and your own integrity. If you say you're going to do something and then you choose not to, yes, you may let somebody else down, but ultimately you're letting yourself down. You are choosing to not be the greatest version of yourself, to not be accountable to the greatest version of yourself. That's what I think when I think character. And I know that I have been failing at that for a lot of years. I would focus so much on business and impact and influence and finances that my relationship suffered, that my health suffered, my fitness suffered. Because I was too solely focused on one thing and I was out of integrity. Danielle called me out on this like three years ago as well. I've been teaching and I've had 26,000 plus people go through the online courses that I've created. I've worked one-on-one and in group capacities with thousands of people. I would teach them how to create impact, how to create influence, how to build lead lists, how to sell their services, how to package their services, how to create financial independence, all of these things that I was able to create as well and then pass that knowledge along. And then Danielle came into my life and she actually challenged me three years ago. She mentioned, especially specifically around creating content. She said, you keep talking about content as a means to share your story and to attract the kind of people that you know you are destined to work with. Your perfect client, vendor, consultant, coach relationship. But you don't do it. She was talking to me. And I remember saying to her at the time, well, yeah, but I don't need to. I put in my 
10,000 hours. I've got almost a decade of, of experience. I've built a list. I have some influence. I've already, you know, built the foundation. I don't need to create content. People already know who I am. And she just straight up called me out and said, yeah, you know, that's massively out of integrity. You're going to tell other people to do this, yet you're not going to go and lead by example. And that's when it hit me. It's another piece of this whole thing. And it relates to character. If you are going to teach something, guide somebody on something, coach somebody on something, you better be in the trenches with them. You better have been through that experience and being able to take out some of the learnings that you can help people recognize, not always avoid the stumbles, because quite frankly, it's part of the journey. We have to go through the struggle. We have to go through the pain. But it's about shifting the way we see it. We have to learn how to love it, love the shit out of it. And then we integrate it. And then we actually make it part of our gift. We make it part of our message. Our mess is our message. That's what character means to me. And I've had to go through those ups and downs and be out of integrity with myself even to get to this place, knowing that I still have a long ways to go. There's still a lot of pieces of me that I don't feel fully in integrity with. But I'm committed to that. And it's another piece of why you see here on the screen why I've created this. Intellect, mindfulness. So on the intellect side of things, as an entrepreneur, I've been obsessively curious about figuring out how to do things for the better part of almost two decades now. Now, I went through a traditional schooling system. I went to university. I got a marketing degree. I got spat out the other end of that, didn't follow that direction, went into a sales job, was mentored by people that had been in the sales space for years and years, decades, learned a ton from them, not about sales tactics, but more just around how to be of integrity, how to be your word, how to connect with people on a way to draw out their deepest desires and then to fill the gaps on how your product or service can actually fill those. Like just sales 101 from a human interaction perspective. I'm really good at the intellectual side of things. I'm good at consuming information and applying it. I'm good at reading books and applying it, but it's only a piece of the puzzle. If we stay, and I say, if we, let me just rephrase this to me. If I stay in the intellectual mind, I constantly try and make sense out of some things that quite frankly, will never make sense. And they can't. Look at this diagram as an example. All of these words you see here, all of the things that are surrounding it, how do you ex explain this? Like I'm doing my best right now, knowing that I'll probably look back on this and go, oh, look at how I was fumbling through trying to explain what the source collective actually is. But that's my ego that's fighting. That's the intellectual side of me that's wanting to say, there's a formula for how to articulate this and turn it into a an offer that then brings people into a pro. That's old me. I'm still fighting that me. It's one of the reasons why I'm collaborating with Danielle on this because she's far elevated past that and is helping me recognize when I start going back into that state. Because quite frankly, this Source Collective, I won't even speak about to what it actually is going to be aside from a group of incredible people that are 
committed to highest self-elevation that know that ultimately they are enough, that they are source and they can create everything in their life. How is it going to roll out? How is it going to be structured? That's yet to be created. My intellectual side freaked out about this three months ago. And over these last three months, I've had to ground myself in leaping into the unknown, knowing that it's exactly what's supposed to happen in order to create what it's supposed to be. It might be tough to wrap your head around depending on where you're at in your own journey right now. And then mindfulness. So this is one of the things where I will say out loud that I am on this journey right now to be more mindful, to, and again, intellectually understand what that means. What is higher wisdom? What do I attach to meditation? Am I doing it right? Have I created a habit and a practice to actually do it consistently? Am I looking at this podcast right now as meditation? Is it meditation? I don't know. I kind of feel like I'm in a flow state right now, just talking, speaking from the heart. You can see where I'm still in the midst of this as well. Breathwork is another huge component of that. I've only dabbled in in bits and pieces of incorporating breathwork into my daily routine, just sitting like even right now. Just recognizing a second ago that I was starting to feel attention here. Just grounding back into my why. Why did I flip this camera on right now and start talking about this? These are all things that I'm committed to incorporating into my life. Am I exceptional at it right now? No, far from it. It's why I have a guide like Danielle. It's why I choose to spend my time with people that elevate me. That's what this is. The source collective is exactly that. And you can read through all of the words that are on here, which I'm sure you have already, but self-actualization, mindfulness, awareness, oneness, creativity, beauty, consciousness, gratefulness, intuition, presence, curiosity, love. We embody these when we are source. And then the collective side is when you combine that with people that are also committed to this journey and noticing, even looking at this. In fact, I challenge you right now, if you're watching this, look at every one of these bubbles and think to yourself, are you fully committed to being the greatest version of yourself in each one of these areas of your life? Where are you falling short? What's missing from here? I'm sure there's lots of things you could think of that are very high in priority from a values perspective. What's missing? What are you challenging right now in your own head to be true? And then the last two things that I want to reference on this is I'll talk about the dragonfly lastly, but the idea or the reference to golden thread conversations. So this was something 
a term that actually came up on a podcast that I listened to recently where it was talking about the podcasting experience with an interviewer and an interviewee and how you can have a topic, an interviewer can ask a question and naturally if there's a flow happening, there's a dance that goes on. There's a, I say something, you pick up on it, you respond to it, you say something, I will go, ooh, that thing. And then we end up down this, this long path and then maybe we even get to the point where we're like, wait a second, what did we start talking about there? But we realize that there's always this golden thread that ties it back to the source. And the source being you, being me, being all of us, it's being everything, being one. And when I heard that and I thought about this visual, because this visual graphic was in my head. It was almost like a hologram over top of my computer when I first thought of it. And then I thought I need to just create this. So I just created it in Keynote. because That's what I do. I like to create visuals around these things. It's one of my core geniuses. I can actually take ideas and put visuals to them that allow other people to ground in them, to understand at least what it means to them. And that whole idea of golden thread conversations I'm referring to the magic that happens when you put people in a room that are also thinking and acting and committed the way that I am. And I don't even know how to explain these conversations, but I've been on a number of them in the last few months. I've attracted them into my life. I've brought them into conversations where me and Danielle get together twice a week and we bring those people in and they're just incredible conversations people that are up to big things, people that are running amazingly successful businesses, people that have crazy ass dreams that in a moment they'll say, yeah, I know it sounds kind of crazy, but I've got this idea for wastewater management in developing countries where if we could actually solve that problem, it's almost as big of a problem as clean drinking water around the world. So you know, I've got this idea and I got this contact and I've already done this thing, but mm, I kind of hit the wall here. and I'm not even sure if it's going to be possible to do. And then these light bulbs just going off where I would think to myself, you know what? Actually, I know a guy who's a longtime friend of mine who started a company from an idea. Who was as a child driving through the fields of Saskatchewan, looking at the flax straw. And you know who I'm talking about if you've seen my podcast before. But he would see this flax straw burning in the fields as a kid. And he asked his dad, what is that? And his dad said, well, these, this was just a really dense straw that they can't get rid of. It doesn't break down. So they have to burn it. You should find a solution to that one day, boy, son. And he did. He created a product that essentially reduced our reliance on plastic. And I remember having the conversation with him in the mid 2000s and thinking, dude, this is amazing. Let me help you. And he actually just shared with me a few months ago that I was one of the few people in his life that actually said that. Other people were saying, that sounds crazy. What are you talking about? Are you really going to quit your job to go do this thing? Whereas I was right behind it and saying, incredible, do it. The impact that that company's having now, the plastic waste reduction that's happening as a result of the products they've created the new products they're creating that are going to explode their business to like three to five times the size and three to five times the revenues from like 30 to a hundred million dollars. You don't go to school for that. 
Imagine if I connect those two people, the person that has this crazy ass, big, hairy, audacious goal, and the person that had that same goal, different business, 12 years ago, and then made it happen. Imagine you connect those people, what we can create in this world. Steve Jobs talked about this, this whole idea of misfits. Those that are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones that change the world. And I personally, for a long time, have felt like, who am I to lead a group of people like that? Who am I to bring together a group of people like that? A collective. Not from the context of like, I will teach you everything and then you will go out into the, the, uh, the universe and go create my young sons <laughs> and daughters, but rather just to create the space for it, for unlimited possibilities to happen. I long thought, who am I to create that? And this is actually a great transition into the dragonfly. Why the dragonfly? So I'll tell a quick story on this. So I spoke with an individual. Well, I'll say his name out loud. Caduce. So I had Caduce on the podcast. I spoke with Caduce. It's got to be like five, six months ago now. We lined up a call uh, for the first time in like five, six years. We hadn't talked to each other. But Caduce is is somebody that I really greatly respect for just the fact that he enrolled Lewis Howes into a leadership program and then Lewis enrolled me. The ripple effect from that is partly responsible for the creation of this. There's no doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind. So I reached out to Caduce like six months ago for whatever reason. I can't even remember why exactly, but we booked a call. He hopped on that call on his phone and he says, hey, just give me one second here. I'm just talking to some friends. They're just heading out. And I was like, yeah, no problem. No problem. And he was holding his phone up and I saw this bus that said gratitude on it in massive letters. And I thought, what the hell's going on here? Who is this guy, right? And they, they were just having a great conversation, just kind of wrapping things up, taking a few photos and whatnot. And then this guy offered to read a tarot card to Caduce. And he did. Caduce pulled out a card. He read it to him. It was pretty impactful. I can't remember exactly what card he had. Caduce would know. but And then he looks into the camera and Caduce's phone and says, do you want me to pull a card for you? And I was like, yes, absolutely. That'd be incredible. He pulled the dragonfly. And I'll paraphrase it, but essentially, truth transcends illusion. Meaning, you've worn many masks in your life. They've served you to date. Now, this can be translated into, you've held on to many identities. For me, it was, I'm a hockey player. For me, it's, I'm a sales guy. For me, it's, I'm an entrepreneur. For me, it's, I'm a sports marketing professional, like all of these different things. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. You've worn many masks to date and they've all served you to get to here. But it's time to step up. It's time to peel the mask off. It's time to speak your truth, knowing that truth transcends illusion. When we do this, we actually tap into source and it manifests in multiple, multiple ways, including all of the words and the association that we have to these words that are on the screen here right now. So it hasn't been one thing for me 
that's had me create this shift in my life that has me now sitting in front of my webcam and recording this podcast episode. It hasn't been one thing. It's been many experiences. It's been many people along the way. It's been many breakdowns. It's been many breakthroughs. It's been many heartache losses, fails of marriage, losses of children. Every single one of them have prepared me and giving me, given me the resilience to know that it's time for me to shed that mask that says, who are you to bring this group of people together? I am this person to do this. I am doing this. And if anything that I said here resonated with you, whatever it is, I went through a lot of things. I, I had full intention on recording this to be 10 minutes. I really did. But at the same time, I decided don't put any barriers around it. Let it be exactly what it is and speak from the heart. And that's what I'm doing right now. There is a world that I choose to live in and that I see a future vision for where simply put, everybody's happy. That world I want my children to live in. And it starts here. And I know that there are people in my life that will be a part of that awakening and will be major contributors to creating more happiness and love and beauty in this world. And I know that I have exceptional gifts to be able to amplify those voices, to be able to create spaces for them to feel normal so that they step into what they're truly here to do on this earth. Knowing that it's source. I am, they are, you are. Thank you so much for listening to this. This is healing, relieving, exciting, nervous, all of the feelings that I'm feeling of even just saying all this stuff out loud and putting it out into the world. It's all of that. And it feels so good. So thank you for listening. If you have any questions, you want to reach out to me, something hit you, something resonated with you, please don't hesitate to do that. Reach out to me. I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Trevor Turnbull Show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please consider subscribing on my YouTube channel and on your favorite podcast platform and leave me a review. I'd love to hear from you. Now, until next time, remember, today is a beautiful day of opportunity. Trust that you're exactly where you're supposed to be right now. So be grateful, be curious, and be brave. Yes.